you don't want them to eat the cookies. But it is okay to talk about the cookies. Find out what I mean on this episode of Pushback. If you're concerned about the direction our culture is heading, then maybe it's time to push back. Hello, everyone, and welcome to Pushback. This is Dr. Johnny, and I'm coming to you again this week. If you're watching me on YouTube, you're going to notice a couple things about me. I'm a little grubby, um, and that's because I've been working, uh, I'm happy to report, working on the new studio. Um, I mentioned that uh, we are doing a little bit of some remodeling here at the GoFam office and uh, creating a little bit more space uh, for the studio and being able to do some of that work. Uh, we also have a daughter who is a music major who needs some recording and area for her to sing. And um, so we're working on that as well. So I'm a little grubby from doing some work today, uh, but I'm happy to come before you again. I'm also wearing these cheater glasses. I normally wear contacts and I love my contacts, um, but I have some kind of eye infection, allergy. I saw the eye specialist today and you'll notice that my eyes are nice and puffy and swollen. And so I had to take my contacts out. And so now I have kind of these old man cheater glasses on. So maybe it makes me look older and wiser. I don't know. Most likely not. <laughs> it's not a good look. So I have to, or I won't be able to see any of my notes or even see the camera and look into the camera and look into your eyes. So um, that's just the way it is. Hopefully by next week, that will all be better and improved. Uh, once again, uh, the message today, uh, I'm, I'm recommending parental discretion. And for this episode, I really, really mean it. Um, again, I encourage teenagers to listen to this with you uh, because this is such an important topic and I'm going to just keep hitting this nail uh, with, with the hammer because uh, until I feel satisfied uh, because I believe that there really is a shift that needs to be called for in our culture. And that's what this podcast is all about, is, is pushing back against culture if we're uncomfortable in the direction that it's going. And this specific topic, when we're talking about a sexual revolution, uh, is, is central to the heartbeat of what this podcast is all about. So parents, please use your discretion. And I just want to warn you from that standpoint. I'm not going to hold back any any words here on this episode. Uh, we talked last week uh, about uh, the cookies, you know, this plate of cookies that looks good. Uh, it tastes good uh, and it's tempting uh, to the world to eat those cookies outside of a boundary. And the Lord give us, has given us a sexual boundary uh, and way to live. And, and he's given us sexual intercourse uh, as a... a um, a place of intimacy and reproduction in the realm of marriage. And he did that uh, because it's a wonderful, beautiful thing. And that's what he created it for. And when we eat the cookies, uh, when we take and partake of something outside of a boundary, it actually makes us sick because we're eating something for which it wasn't intended. And that's what we see in society. Uh, this, this sexual freedom uh, and this promiscuity in our culture is actually making, especially our young people, sick uh, with anxiety, depression, and illness. I'm going to talk more about that for sure. 
But because of the world's perversion of sex, I believe that we have looked at sex as perverted. And I believe that's all backwards and and a mistake. I think it's wrong. And I believe that we've stopped talking about the cookies, um, not because of the shame that the world has put on it, but because of the shame that the church has put on it. Even though it's something that's beautiful and wonderful and God-given, So instead of embracing it and and having dialogue about it and being proactive about it and being healthy about it, we just simply stop talking about it completely. And that's what we're seeing in society, and it's been destructive. It's been destructive. You know, this may blow your mind, but um, when we speak about cultures, we can actually go back to the Jewish culture uh, and how they approached sex and marriage and and promiscuity and all of these things. And it's interesting because I think it'll be eye-opening to the way that they viewed sexual intercourse in the realm of marriage and what it was for and, and how there was no shame connected to it. Back in Jewish tradition, uh, when a couple became married, they would have a, a wedding ceremony, but not like we understand a wedding ceremony. Their wedding parties would go on for about a week or so. It was a shindig that would take place. And, and they would have, uh, you know, multiple people that would stay and they would, they would party and they would celebrate uh, this uh, marriage arrangement, this marriage ceremony, this wedding that was taking place in the Jewish tradition. And during the wedding, uh, the married couple would participate and, and be, uh, be part of the ceremony itself. But when it came time to consummate the marriage, the wedding bed, there was usually a wedding chamber that was actually connected to the party room. And so, and it's usually it was more of kind of a divider that would take place. And because it was a covenant-type relationship uh, and marriage as a covenant and, the, and how the Jewish people understood covenant and the importance of covenant, this couple would go behind the divider and they would consummate their marriage, their wedding. And the guests would be on the other side of the divider. And if this was a virgin woman, uh, there would often be blood on the sheets. And in Jewish tradition, when the med- when the wedding was consummated, the marriage was consummated, and they had sex, there would be blood on the sheet. They would take the sheet, and they would throw it over the divider so all of the guests could see. And all of the guests would cheer and congratulate that this actually took place. It's a very different way of culturally looking at and appreciating sex. And I believe that they weren't ashamed of it. They understood its role and its importance in the marriage relationship. Why? Because that's the way it was created. It was perfectly appropriate for them to eat the cookies. (laughs) And they celebrated the fact that they were able to. It's different than our culture, isn't it? It's because things have been twisted and perverted. And, and I believe we've simply stopped talking about it. You know, it says in Proverbs 22, 6, train up a child in the way he should go. And when he is old, he will not depart from it. How do we train them if we don't actually talk to them about it? 
I think as Christians, we often just sort of hope for the best. We hope that there would just be some sort of moralistic compass of which they would be guided by. And yet we train them in all of the other ways of life and the way they speak to each other, the way they behave, the way they're kind to each other, how to be generous, um, how to be thoughtful towards each other, how to be helpful, all of these different things we actually train our children in. But in the realm of sexuality, we sort of just throw them to the world and we hope that there will be some sort of moralistic compass that they'll live their life by. It's not that they can't or that they won't, but we're their parents and we need to train them in the way that they should go. So when they are old, or I should even say when they are older, they will not depart from it because they already know they've already been trained. They've already been prepared for what the world is going to throw at them. If this topic stays as some sort of dark taboo smoke and mirrors type topic between parents and children, guess what? They're going to look elsewhere. They're going to look for information and quote-unquote training from other people in this regard. My friends, I, I know this is somewhat of a provocative type podcast, but I think it's important that we as Christians become comfortable talking about human sexuality with our children because they receive that moralistic compass from us. Now, as a doctor, uh, it's I, I'm a little less uncomfortable because, believe me, <laughs> when I say that we hear and use these sexual words more than we would like, <laughs> it's kind of comes with part of the part of the job, part and parcel of the job itself. But these are words my friends, that we need to be comfortable saying to our children in context of training. Words like penis and vagina and intercourse and sperm and erections and ejaculations and orgasms. And I'm sorry to be graphic about this, but the reason that our children are uninformed and untrained in these regards is because we don't talk about it and we have shame connected to it. And so we have projected that shame onto our children so that they feel like it's something that's dirty. But every one of those words that I just listed were all created by God. It's his perfect and beautiful plan. So why are we ashamed to talk about it? I believe it's the shame that the church has put on it that says that good Christian people don't talk about it. Why would that be? I believe the Bible is not silent about sexuality. We talked about that last week. It's, it's, it's actually quite vocal about it. And the Lord made it as a beautiful place within marriage so that when we partake and eat of the cookies in marriage, it's a beautiful, wonderful thing. When we partake and eat of the cookies before marriage, it makes us sick. And our children need to know that. Now, I'm not talking about using these words in a crass uh, or reckless way. I'm not talking about divulging any sexual information about any individual. I believe that's inappropriate. There needs to be boundaries in what we speak and privacy about, about um, our own personal experiences for sure. But the topic of sexuality needs to be discussed and it needs to be discussed more often and openly with our children. That is our responsibility. 
Now, parents may feel worried that, you know, it's only going to draw more attention to all of these things. And so they'll become more, more curious and, and want to experiment. But here's the deal. When we talk about it in regards to a boundary and why the father created it in the first place, it actually gives our children the reference for the boundary. They need to know where the lines are and they need to know that within that boundary, there is freedom in the boundary. And guess what, my friends? They are going to hear about every one of those things that I just talked about at school or in the locker room is that the reference point you want them to start with? Do you want them to be exposed to? So let me throw a few more things at you. What about pornography, masturbation, sexual assault, trafficking, sexual abuse, pedophilia? My friends, these are things that are uncomfortable to talk about, but... but and you as parents, you'll know the appropriate age to talk about these things and, and maybe not appropriate. Every kid's going to be different in their maturity level and what they can understand. But guess what? And I'm sorry to be the bearer of bad news. They are going to hear about all of those things at school or in the locker room. And is that the reference you want them to have? It's just the reality of it. And I want my kids to be informed before they enter into that environment so they know what's there. Parents, you have to get to your kids first. You have to tell them what the world is going to say. <laughs> you know, there's actually a debate strategy where you actually predict what your opponent is going to say and you, and you mention it to sort of knock the pillars out from their legs. So... So my opponent will most likely say this. And then if they do say it, <laughs> of course, then it's lost all of its punch. The noise that you heard in the background was my air compressor going off. <laughs> I told you I was, doing, I was doing some work and some trim work today. So I had to make that noise stop. But here's the deal. When, when you're debating somebody, if you can tell them beforehand so that when the the kids in the locker room and at school actually recognize they actually recognize the lies and the perversion so when the kids say it they're like oh that's what my parents were talking about we knew they were going to say that and they don't mistakenly think that the locker room is the all-knowing source it sounds crazy, but for so many kids, that's the case. And even for many Christian children, that is the case. So parents, it's important that you get in early, right when you think that the time is right, when the kids become curious about the things that I just listed, about penises and vaginas and intercourse, and, and they're going to get curious about all of that. That's the great time to talk to them. And I believe that this is a conversation that's not just for parents and children, even though I think that's the most important, critical relationship. But I believe that we can have this discussion in culture and society as well. I believe that we can be backed with what I talked about last, last week. We have had this 50-year test tube of sexual immorality in our country, and it's not working. People are just as miserable. They're more miserable 
that such a huge percentage of our young people are on antidepressant and anti-anxiety medications. And it's because of sexual immorality. I believe that with all of my heart. As a family minister, but also as a physician, there's always a connection. So we can actually talk about it. We need a revolution. We need to to change the way that we're doing things, and we have to be able to talk about it and to be comfortable talking about it. See, people understand pain. (laughs) And when you can engage even the world on on, on the, the aspect of pain in their lives, even relational pain, you will get their attention. And if you can speak to them like, hey, I think I know why you're in pain, then I believe that we can really connect with them. My friends, the world is looking for something. And sexual behavior is one of those ways that they are looking for something. What is it that they're looking for? I'm going to talk about that on the next podcast. Because I believe it's a tangible thing that they are actually looking for. And of course, they're barking up the wrong tree. It's really okay to talk about this topic with with those who are compromising their own lives or asking you to compromise. Then the door is wide open for discussion, for debate, for what is best. See, crossing a boundary, as we talked about last week, it makes you sick. It's partaking of something that was not created for you to take. My wife and I were just in Costa Rica. It's an unbelievable country. We had such a great time. It's beautiful. It's like a paradise. And I was at a medical conference, and one of the instructors was talking about one of the trees that grows along the beaches at Costa Rica. And it's a fruit tree, and it actually has a green apple that actually is produced by this tree. And it's listed in the Guinness Book of World's Record as the most poisonous um, plant fruit in the world. So a child could go up to this lovely fruit on the beach, could take a bite, and would be dead in the matter of minutes. And so people can look at something and say it looks good. It looks like an apple. Everybody eats apples. It's pleasurable. It tastes good. But unless you are informed, unless you know about it, unless you know that there's a boundary placed around it, it will kill you. And this podcast isn't just about fear. This podcast is about behavior. About modifiable behavior. If parents will only sit down with their children and explain what's going on and why there's a boundary. See, my friends, there is a culture of depression, anxiety, fear, and so much of it is sexually connected or related. Either pain in relationship, pain with people who are just too young and don't even understand the consequences of their behavior, or just even outright abuse. It's rampant in our culture. It's rampant. So why do they engage in reckless or dangerous behavior? Why do they or we? Uh, what, what are we after? My next podcast, I want to talk about 
the desperation our culture has resorted to and the futility of their efforts. So please tune in to this, which is becoming a series entitled Sexual Revolution. You know, Jesus hated lukewarmness. And I believe that we as a church, we've pursed our lips and we said, tisk, tisk, tisk. But we've also offered no real explanation for why the Father put a sexual boundary around us. Why this behavior is modifiable. Why he has given us instruction. Why, why would he give us this plate of cookies and then tell us not to eat it? There's a reason. And I believe that we become lukewarm as a church where we say, ah, it's, it's, it's undesirable, it's distasteful, it's, it's, it's perverted. And yet we offer no real explanation for why that is the case. And why the church, why heaven offers a superior and better way. A better way. You say, well, how can it be better when there's cookies that you can't eat? <laughs> And I'm telling you, it is better because it is there for you. It is, it is something that's offered to married couples for that is the reason it was created. And so I'm going to continue to talk about this topic until I've said my piece. I have more I want to say. We need to go even a little bit deeper because I want to arm you as parents, as teenagers. I want to arm you with the truth and with information about what we are speaking about here and why that loving boundary is here and what the world is trying to obtain through sexual promiscuity and why the church, why we as ambassadors of heaven are the ones that have the real answers. So please go to pushbackculture.org. I would love to hear your feedback on this topic. I would love to even hear feedback on the ways and the means that you've talked to your children and what has worked and what hasn't. Maybe you have walked through some difficult times with your children or even personally in on this topic. And you want to just share with me or share with my listeners how you've obtained victory through that. I would love to get some feedback, some information, some even advice from you as parents on some things that would be helpful in this topic. And more importantly, I want to empower you to sit down with your kids and talk about these things. Maybe you want them just to listen to my podcast. It's only 25 minutes, and at least it'll get the ball rolling and, and, and get this topic at least um, implemented so that you can have a real frank discussion with them that would be positive. So thank you again for listening this week. It is always my pleasure to share my heart with you. And I, I, I really took a swing at it today, didn't I? <laughs> but this is what we need to do. We need to open up dialogue. And maybe this is a start. So with that being said, let's go together now to set and shape the culture. Mm-hmm.